Hello and welcome. You are officially listening to the Laugh It Off podcast with Megan Ulrich Krieger. Grab your wine, water, whiskey, whatever, and stay tuned for some good laughs and some tidbits to help you become the best version of yourself. Oh my God, that was probably loud. Okay, it's happening. Um, Not necessarily this episode, but what I mean by it's happening is that allegedly, if all goes well, this is going to be my first video podcast that will be available on the YouTube channel. I don't even know what my YouTube channel's name is. I should probably know that. I'll link it. Um, because we are in my brand new studio, I guess you could call it. So if the acoustics are weird, bear with me (laughs) for the first episode. I'll kind of fix them as we go along. The door is actually not even on the, the hinges of this closet yet. I am in my basement, our newly renovated, or not renovated, but finished basement. It came unfinished. And the like closet in here, almost like you guys have to go to the YouTube channel or if you follow me already, you'll see it there is huge. And my husband, Kevin, has let me turn it into my podcast closet. So we have sequin glitter background. He bought me this amazing neon laugh it off sign for Christmas. So we are freaking in the video business. (laughs) Okay, so that's that. What next? Um, I had to kick off the first episode in my podcast closet, we'll call it, with a bang. And it is going to be one of the most more anticipated, I don't know, most, that seems like a reach, um, highly requested, highly anticipated um, episode. And it has been in my arsenal of things I've wanted to do for a long time. And that is an episode called Leaving MLM from the Top. And why this has been just in the back of my head to make for a very long time is because I really want to be intentional in the year 2023 already with creating content that I wish I had. And I think that like when you create content that you like wish you had, like it's very heart led. And this episode is something that I wished I had when I was deciding whether or not I was going to leave my company. And that's going to be who the audience for this is, okay? So if you are somebody where you are even thinking about leaving your MLM or your direct sales company, or it's in the back of your head, or you know you want to leave, but you just don't know how, you feel stuck, or you feel like you have one foot in, one foot out, you have found the right place, and I'm going to do my very best to take care of you and just give you steps, advice, and my experience. This is not going to be an MLM bashing episode. It's not going to be anti-MLM or anything like that. It's just simply going to be my experience because I, when I was thinking about leaving and I was half in the door, half, half out, and I, even when I knew I wanted to leave, but I didn't know what the fuck to do, I was like crying to my therapist every week. Like, I don't know what to do with my life. Like, I don't know what is going on. This is what I needed, but what I was finding, and I was seeking these kind of resources out, and I found podcasts, okay? There is an entire anti-MLM community. Like, there is all of these resources out there, but what I found is that some of them were either a little too shamey for me, or at least where I was at the time, um, or it was episodes where people, the people being interviewed were maybe 
never like at the top of the company. They tried it out for a little bit and didn't have the best experience, like that kind of stuff. And I'm like, no, I need, <laughs> I need to hear from somebody who like, this is their full-time job. They've never had a real job outside of this and they still got themselves out and are successful in their life. And I just felt like I wasn't finding that. So that is what I hope to be for for you guys today. If you are not in the place where you're thinking about leaving or curious or anything like that, this episode might not be for you. If you are still in a place where you're very happy where you're at in your company, in your direct sales business, in your MLM, whatever you call it, you might not feel like this, like this may not be receptive to you and that's okay. But this episode isn't for you then, you know what I mean? So if you're here genuinely curious about my experience or how to leave yourself what leaving looks like, all of this stuff, then buckle up, grab your wine, water, whiskey, whatever. I happen to be drinking. I already opened it so you don't get the satisfying, um, whatever, pop top <laughs> that I sometimes do. The Lining Kugel's Juicy Peach because I fucking miss summer. It is like negative 10 degrees outside right now and I needed some sort of beverage to make it feel like it was summery. So we are drinking like a peachy, sour, lager situation. Okay, where do we even start? I, for those of you who are new to the episode, I am never scripted, which can sometimes make it a hot mess, okay? I am never scripted, but for today, I actually did kind of come up with some steps that I want to hit on, so I will be kind of looking at those. Um, Yeah, like I said, today is just all about making an episode that I wish I had. So a little bit about my background and my experience and the company that I was with. So I was with a direct sales company for seven years of my life. I had started in the end of 2014, I believe it was, and I did not officially like put in my letter of resignation until April of 2022. So I was in for a little over seven years. I don't think my actual account even finished getting turned off until like a couple months ago. So basically seven to eight years, okay, I was I was with my company. And I started when I was 19. When um, I was in college, I was 19. And I was one of those people where like I started this and I fell in love with it and I took it and I ran with it. And I climbed my way to the top of the company very quickly, I guess. Um, and successfully. And so I never even got a real job after college. I had ended up taking this full time within a year or so of being in the business. And I did finish school, which I'm very thankful for because there was a point in my life where I almost didn't finish school because I genuinely believed that this company is what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And I was like, why would I pay to finish school? Blah, blah, blah. I am now eternally grateful to my husband, Kevin, and my parents for being like, you are dumb if you don't finish school. Not that you have to have a college degree to be successful in life, but I was already like two and a half years in when I was thinking about like maybe what not finishing would look like. And so I would have paid and I had taken out loans for all of my school. So I would have paid for two and a half years worth and not really had anything to show for it. So whatever, it was the best decision for me. And I'm super grateful for that decision still. But when I graduated college, this was my only job. I took this company and ran with it full time, 100% until 2022 when I decided that it was no longer for me. 
um, that I have a whole episode dedicated to leaving MLM and just like my experience with it. Um, if you want to listen to that, it's it's more about how I came to the decision, all of that good stuff. Today is going to be mainly about actually leaving and getting the steps in place and do, doing the things that you need to do that. So um, first things first for me was getting straight with my money. This, I think, is the biggest thing that holds people back from leaving their MLM when you're successful in it, okay? Like I said, this is for the people who are in my position. You're maybe, you're financially dependent on this company. Like, this is for you. If you're the person listening and you're like, I bought a kit once and I got scammed and I got screwed, blah, 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 this is not gonna be as relatable, okay? So getting straight with your money because It is super easy when you make an MLM or a direct sales company your full-time income to be stuck. You become financially dependent on it and it makes it very, very, very hard to leave. And I think, I think, I have not just dissected, I'm sure other people have the reason for that, but I think it's because you're in this cycle of you have this financial security blanket where you can essentially take your inventory and your product and flip it for cash basically whenever you want. That is a security blanket that it took me a really fucking long time to get rid of. And the day I was able to no longer see my company as a financial security blanket was like the biggest day of relief of my life. Like I remember it so, so clearly. I was actually sitting in my therapist's office and I was just crying because I felt stuck and I didn't know what to do. And I felt like I had to be at a certain place financially to even be able to leave and all of this stuff. And I think I was just venting to her about the cycle of like financial shit you go through of buying inventory, selling inventory, paying. Like you think you make all this money and then you're paying to ship things out and you're paying for this and that and all of the other. And you're paying in fucking taxes and all of this shit. And... I, I literally told her, she's like, so what are you like feeling or thinking right now? And I was like, maybe in like tears streaming down my eyes, I was like, maybe this isn't the financial security blanket that I thought it was. And she was like, bingo. And I just like bawled. That was like the hardest I've cried ever. Um, in therapy at least, or I don't know, whatever. Um, And that was such a big light bulb moment. So anyway, okay, going back to this, getting straight with your money, figuring out what is the minimum you need to to have each month to live, okay? And I don't mean the fucking extras. I mean, what is your rent or mortgage? What is your car payment? What, What is your minimum debt payment that you have? What do you have to like buy for groceries, gas, like bare, bare fucking minimum shit, okay? Because I guarantee you it's probably less than you are thinking it is. And I know that's crazy to say in today's economy, but it was eye-opening to me because I was always making and spending a lot of money. Making and spending, making and spending, making and spending, buying inventory, going on trips, blah, blah, blah. That I I knew I was bringing in a lot of money and I was like, I have to make a lot of money in order to be able to leave. But when I looked at it and I think my like fucking bare minimum expenses were like $1,500 to $2,000 a month, I was like, oh shit, that's like actually not that much money that I need to live. And granted, that is not doing my investments, that is not paying any extra to debt, that is like bare minimum stuff, but I was like, oh shit, I'm sitting here telling myself this story that I have to bring in 
five to $10,000 a month because that's what I make with this and I won't be able to live without it, blah, blah, blah. This is not true. This is literally not true. So figure out what the bare minimum is that you need to make. And my rule of thumb is savings is way more important than debt. I thought I had to have a certain amount in savings. I thought I had to have all this debt paid off, all this stuff to be able to live without being in my MLM. But when I was like, no, your bare minimum that you need is three to six months worth of those minimum expenses in a savings account. Like, that's it. Obviously, like, this is nuanced. Everybody's situation is different. I do have a spouse who splits things with me, but we don't share money. And I do have, um, or I don't have kids. <laughs> I do not have children. So, like, that throws a wrench into things, too. Like, I get this. Everybody's situation is going to be different. But for the most part, three to six months of your bare minimum mo- monthly expenses and you're like solid. I think it's so easy to think like, I have to be making 100K in order to leave my company. No. My number two thing is literally that you don't need to make as much money as as you think you do in order to leave. And we're gonna we're gonna circle back to that at, at the end of this as well. So get straight with your money, figure out how much you need in savings accounts, and kind of just number two, I guess, would be making a plan based on that. So let's say you don't have three to six months worth in a of expenses in your savings account. Fucking focus on that. Don't buy extra shit. Don't go on trips. Don't go to conferences. Like, if you are making, if you're in the same cycle of making and spending and making and spending money in your MLM, I promise if you can cut back on the spending, but you're still doing the things, so maybe you're selling your inventory, maybe you're doing parties, maybe you're whatever your company structure looks like, make as much money as possible in the next, make a game plan. If you're like, I want to leave in three months, I want to leave in six months, maybe you're like, I'm going to give myself a year to leave. Boom. That That's amazing. So then make a literal game plan of how much you need to get in savings and how you can get there and what, what time frame that you're looking at leaving. So get straight with your money and make a game plan around this and cut back on your expenses. Not like your life fun stuff, but this, the money that you're putting back into this company, okay? If you're buying extra inventory every time that you're making an order, if you're going on conferences or you're paying for different trainings and things like that, see where you can cut back where you can stop investing into this company that you're ultimately trying to get out of anyway. So build your savings account, make your plan for that. Number three, talk to somebody. This sounds so basic, but I don't think I would have left if I hadn't started therapy. Like I'm not even going to lie. When I was thinking about leaving, I had come home from a convention and I brought it up to my husband and he thankfully was so on board right off the bat, but I really needed an unbiased person to speak with this about and just say the things out loud that I was afraid of saying, especially when you're at the top of a company in deep and most of your friends are also still in this company. And I had that and I had told them before I had even told anybody else or started therapy, like I'm thinking of leaving and I thankfully had friends that supported me, but it's hard to talk out a game plan of leaving with somebody who's not planning on leaving. And if those are your only friends, you need to find somebody else to talk to. So a friend, a parent, a therapist, whatever, you do need to talk to somebody and talk it out because it will help you sort things out in your brain so much better and just like feel more confident in your decision when you're talking to somebody about it. Okay, 
Number four is kind of pushing you back out into the job field, but y'all need a resume. We got to have resumes up in this shit, okay? And I know, here's another thing too, when you're at a top, the top of a company and you've been here for a long time, and it's been a long time since you've been in the work field or you've had a quote, real job, it is hard to think that you're even qualified for anything out there. This is another reason why I think people get stuck and you feel trapped is you don't feel like you're qualified for anything because all you've done for the last however many years of your life is, quote, direct sales, okay? But I promise you, you are so qualified for jobs out there if you just look at your actual skill set that you've gained from this in the right way. So I totally meant to pull this up, but we're, I'm literally going to read to you guys how I put direct sales on my resume. So I literally put I put my company name. I think if I were to switch this up and touch this up again to apply to an even higher job than what I have now or a different job, whatever, I think I would literally just change this to say direct sales. But so it says my company name and then independent sales consultant and corporate trainer because that was fucking true. I created content and trained at a corporate level for this company as well. Um, so here are what, like the six different skill sets that I chose to pick out and you can do any of these. Okay. So one, create presentations on selling branding and social media, deliver presentations and training to the sales force on behalf of corporate at a local and global level, sell products to clients, both virtually and in person, recruit and onboard new company members, lead, lead monthly team meetings and monitor monthly reports to analyze trends. I don't mean to sound conceited, but that sounds fucking qualified. That sounds more qualified than you're probably telling yourself that you are when you're thinking of creating a resume. And then also in some of my like skills and experience side of this, it's social media growth, podcast host, public speaking, photography and design, branding, customer service, communication, client connection, Adobe Lightroom, Adobe Photoshop, Canva, like this just personal stuff now, but um, should probably, yeah, anyway, um, I should probably touch this up, but I don't need it for, for the time being. But that is how, when I first started applying to jobs, I listed my experience in a direct sales company. So don't, don't fucking sell yourself short when you're sitting here um, making, making your resume, okay? So make a resume and start applying for shit even if you don't think that you're qualified for it because I promise, and again, this is going to fluctuate the times that people are seeing and listening to this. Right now, right this second, it's, it feels like the job market is getting a little dry. It's getting a little scared. Okay. So sure, maybe I got lucky when I started applying was the times where you could apply for fucking jobs you were not qualified for, okay? But just like the economy, job market, housing market, everything fluctuates, okay? So apply for shit even if you don't think that you're qualified for it, okay? So just start applying places and interviewing and honing in those skills because I promise you have way more skills than you're giving yourself credit for. Um, And this is where I kind of also wanted to wrap back into the whole you don't need as much money as you think you do. So figure out what your bare minimum is, but I was a $100,000 seller. I was close to a $100,000 um, earner each year. Like it's sticky. It's literally like, I would always say like, oh, I make $100,000 each year. You don't fucking know that though. Like 
I sold like $130,000 almost every year consistently. And I made probably like $60,000 in um, team override revenue stuff. So like it's sticky though, because it's, it's <laughs> once you're on the outskirts, okay, you really look back and realize how weird and sketchy the money piece of some of this is because it's like, yes, it seemed, like I said, the spending and making cycle, like it seems like I made a lot of money, but I also spent a lot of money and how much of that went back into product and like all of this stuff. So anyway, that's a different rabbit hole. But what I'm trying to say is you don't need to be making $100,000 a year in order to leave your company. Like I fucking promise you. Um, And again, everybody's situation is different, but still. It, it once your rose-colored glasses come off, you kind of start to see that not everything is what it was chalked up to be and that you probably can live on less than you think because your spending will also be significantly less just from not running a business and buying business supplies and paying for shipping and paying for conferences and trainings and, and all of this shit that you don't even really realize you spend your money on. And this truly... I did not realize how significant this was until I actually started working at the dog daycare, okay? So again, if you're new here, I <laughs> I went from MLM to dog daycare just as a reason to get out of the house and just kind of like do something different with my life. I was making 13 fucking dollars an hour at this dog daycare, y'all. But the fact that my bi-weekly paychecks of like $500 I was shocked that those $500 bi-weekly paychecks felt more stable to me than most of the income I had been making in my direct sales business. Because I think it's easy to say, oh, you average, on average, you make this at a party. Sometimes you fucking don't. Sometimes you go to a party, if you're a party plan company, and you make 20 fucking dollars or you make nothing because you drove there and people don't buy anything. And it's, yes, it's just such a mind game. And you don't always, you can't control what your team sells each month. So you can't control what your monthly bonuses are going to be. And so having something that was just consistent and trustworthy, it was very eye-opening to me how much that small paycheck, like, helped me. I started relying more on that than my my income from my direct sales business. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, how is it possible that like this extra thousand dollars a month is helping me so much? When if you were still deep in the business and you were like, oh, I, like an extra thousand dollars a month could help me so much. You'd be like, oh my gosh, that's only like two more parties. No, for some fucking reason, going to a job, clocking in and out for $13 an hour felt more reliable. And that was when I really started realizing how messed up my nervous system was with money and from being in an industry where your income is so inconsistent it's mine was consistently inconsistent because like I said I was, I was at the top of the company I was good at it like all like I was never broke but inconsistent income for that many years of my life I had not realized how like detrimental it was to to literally my nervous system and your fight or flight and that's what makes it easier to get trapped and and hard to look at options for getting out and all of this stuff. So that was kind of a rambling rampage, but yes. Okay. That I feel like is kind of the steps that I wish 
that I knew. And I wish that I also just had somebody that would to tell me it was going to be okay. Like, you're going to live. You don't need as much money as you think you do. You can be successful somewhere else. That closing one door is going to open up so, so many more opportunities. And it feels hard to believe that in the moment. But I promise you, it's fucking true. Cutting something off that no longer serves you is going to be so amazing for you. So, to kind of recap, get straight with your money. Look it in the fucking eye, okay? Um, Figure out what the minimum a month you need is to make. Get that in your savings account and make a plan. Get three to six months worth of expenses and make a plan. Three-month plan, six-month plan, 12-month plan. Talk to somebody. Don't just try and do this on your own, okay? Talk to somebody. Get a support system. Make your resume. Start applying for shit, even if you don't think you're qualified. And remember that you don't need as, like, I feel weird saying that because I don't, like, this is not, like, official financial advice, right? But I promise you, you don't need as much money as you think that you do, even though that sounds weird to say. Okay. A few other, like, things and objections and all that stuff. Um, I would say don't set expectations for yourself for leaving. I think some people leave and they think everybody's going to hate them. Some people leave and they think it's going to be fine and dandy and they find out everybody hates them. Like everybody's experience with leaving is totally different. Mine was very neutral from the start um, and it got kind of weird. Um, I don't know if we want to go into that. Should we go into that? Okay, long story short. Um, and I I've, I said this in my other episode too. So there's more info about my personal leaving journey and stuff in, in the other episode. When I turn in my letter of resignation, I don't know what I was expecting, but I got no response from corporate. Nobody at corporate. Not our CEO, not our VP, not anybody that I had a relationship with at corporate. Nobody responded. And I was like kind of shocked, but I was like, okay, whatever. Because I had a friend who also said that they got no response. So I knew it was possible it was going to happen, but they left on way worse terms than I did. So I'm like, I'm leaving on good terms. This is going to be fine. No response. Okay. That like sucked for a little bit, but I was like, all right, like whatever, no big deal. This is just another sign that I'm doing exactly what is right for me and what what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's what I mean by like not setting expectations is like don't expect something to ha- like you might be setting yourself up for disappointment by thinking or trying to ex- expect people to react a certain way. Same goes for expectations of how your friends, clients, anybody else in the business is going to react. You just don't know. So go into it with a clear mind, knowing that you are making the best decision for you and that's really all you can control in the outcome. Okay, so Okay, hello. If you're watching on the YouTube version of this, you're going to see a little bit of a discrepancy, and that is in the fact that I'm wearing a different outfit, and it is clearly a different day. Um, and that is because I I have forgotten a piece that I really wanted to talk about. And for those of you who've been around with the podcast for a while, I do not really edit the podcast. I do not really go back and take things out or add things in or anything like that. But this is one thing where it's been a few days And I'm like, shit, I really, this was another important piece that I kind of even forgot about was part of the, I don't know, discussion when, when you're thinking of leaving. And that is going to be 
time. So we've talked a lot about the money piece of things and the money piece of the decision when it comes to leaving or not. On big piece, I cannot believe I forgot to talk about is time. Those of you who maybe were in a position like I was, you're like, how am I supposed to even have the time to go back into the workforce? Like I've worked from home, I've worked for myself for so long, you can't even fathom the idea of going back to a nine to five or anything like that. And so this was one, because I really think when you are thinking of getting into an MLM, and then when you're on the back end thinking of getting out, time and money are the two biggest things. Time and money are the two biggest selling points when it comes to recruiting people into MLMs, time freedom and financial freedom. And these are the things that once you're at the top of the company for such a long period of time, you come to believe you can only have when you stay in this company. And that's what sometimes can keep you stuck. And that's not always the truth. It was honestly wildly eye-opening when I realized how much I feel like I have more time now working a nine to five than I did when I was working from home for myself. So let's get a, let's just dive into that for a little bit here. I don't even know where to get started. Um, The idea of going from being able to completely control my schedule to going to a nine to five that had PTO, that had certain hours, that had all of this other stuff. Like that was really, really mind boggling to me. And again, two things to note, I don't have kids. So this may be different for somebody. If you are your child's full-time childcare and you're used to working from home, this is obviously gonna be different circumstances for you. And two, I'm so thankful that I had a little bit of that time period where I was at the dog daycare to kind of get me used to clocking in and out or having hours or having to report to somebody else as my boss. So I had a little bit of a leeway and a little bit of a segue. And so when I say I feel like I have more time now, I know it's not because I have more time, but I seriously feel like I appreciate time more. I manage my time way better and having just a fucking routine and a schedule has done wonders for my mental health. When I, and this is again, personal experience, everybody's experience is different, but when I was working from home, working for myself, especially when we hit quarantine times and stuff and everything went to online, y'all, there was a lot of days where my schedule, I would not wake up until 11 a.m. That is fucking nuts to me now. I would wake up at 11 a.m., I would go to the gym, I would work for maybe two hours, and then if I had a party or something that evening or a live stream or a team meeting or whatever, I would do that at night. And that was my daily schedule. And I was wasting so much of my days and so much of your life because how you spend your days is how you spend your life, and that's a hard pill for some people to swallow. And yes, I had the freedom to travel whenever I wanted to and all of this stuff, but When I went from that to my now nine to five, it it has just been literally crazy. Like being able to go to the gym at 1130 is probably the only thing that I miss because that's when my gym class is and I can't go in the middle of the day anymore, but that is the only downfall. Having a consistent schedule or I need to be at this place at a certain time is what now motivates me to wake up earlier in the morning and have 
a five to nine before my nine to five. I go to the gym. I sit and enjoy my coffee. I actually do my journaling. I hang out with my dog. Like I do all of these things. And then even when I get home at five o'clock, I'm like, I still have so much of the day left. Whereas I wasted my fucking days and wasted my mental health sitting on my goddamn couch pretending to work for my computer. And here's what's crazy. When you work for yourself and you aren't good at setting those boundaries or you glorify hustle culture, hustle culture is so embedded in like the MLM communities. You feel like you have to be working 24-7. And so if you do sit on the couch, then you feel guilty for doing that. But if you're not sitting on the couch, then you're just hustling and you're experiencing burnout and you're doing all this stuff. Whereas like now I just feel at peace with my days and my time, and I appreciate weekends more, it is crazy. So if that is another thing holding you back or keeping you stuck, I promise you, like, it's gonna be okay too. And also, you don't even have to go into a nine to five. There is, this was another mind-blowing thing when I was contemplating leaving, was realizing how many fucking ways there is to make money in this world. I, when I was in deep with my MLM, I remember thinking like the girls on my team who would quit and become a bartender or quit and do this or whatever, I thought they were fucking crazy because I'm like, you could just do one more party and make that same amount. No, bartenders make fucking bank, okay? When I was, when I was in the depths of experimenting with different ways to make money, I did, um, (laughs) I did DoorDash for one night. I just had to try it for one night. And I made a couple hundred dollars door dashing for just a couple hours. And again, it's when you're in in deep with a company and your rose-colored glasses are on, it's easy to say, oh, you could have earned that in one party or you could have earned that in one sale or you could have done this or done that. But there's so much more that goes into it. I literally just clocked in and clocked out of door dash whenever I wanted. When you say, oh, you get to make $500 on average at every party. Again, there is times where it's going to be less, but there's times where it's going to be more. But when people say that, they're only saying the three hours you're maybe at the party, which is sometimes four hours if it's a good party. That's not including the prep ahead of time. That's not including your drive time. That's not including the follow-up afterwards. That's not including sitting, taking time and shipping out orders. Like, it's not actually just three hours that you're working to make that amount. And that's one thing where, like, when I was just unlearning some of the language and the ideas that I had in my head. And when I had that aha moment of like, oh, fuck, maybe this isn't that financial security blanket that I always thought it was, was just so eye-opening for me. So I just really, that was weighing on my heart. I wanted to come and add this portion into the podcast and into the video and just say, it's not just the money piece of things that keep people stuck. It's the time constraint too. But I promise you, like, once you start just looking and exploring and figuring out what feels right and stuff like what you're meant to do next will come to you and even if it doesn't come instantly technically I went through two different jobs to get to where I'm at now like you I promise you there is a path for you out there and you have it in you to believe in yourself and to be successful without the security blanket of staying stuck in something that maybe isn't serving you or just isn't filling your cup anymore. And that's okay. Deciding that this maybe isn't aligned for you anymore, that this doesn't fill your cup anymore, that doesn't make you a failure. That was another big piece that like I was so afraid of leaving meant that 
I was going out of business or I was failing or I was in the negatives or whatever. And like, no, it just meant it wasn't for me anymore. And there's literally nothing, nothing wrong with that. So I wanted to add this piece in and we're going to cut to what's next. Love ya. Other objections, what will people think? This is why I think you need to be crystal clear on your decision and and confident. It doesn't fucking matter. If you're doing what's best for you, that's and your family and your mental health, like that's what fucking matters. So what people think and say also kind of goes into that expectations thing. If if people want to talk shit about you, cool. Like it it might happen, it might not. You literally never know. So that's why if you are no, if you know you're being true to yourself, that is all you can do and expect from yourself. Um, then a big one when I have people reach out to me who are, are contemplating leaving, just asking my advice and stuff is what about my clients, um, my team members, all of this stuff. This is hard because when you're in a company for a long time, you build a lot of amazing relationships. I had great relationships with my clients, with my team members, all of this stuff. And that was really fucking hard. So what I did, I did not announce to my clients until after I had put in that letter of resignation. And before that, I had gotten lunch with some of my top team members, lunch, dinner, whatever, coffee. And there was just like a handful of people that I knew I needed to tell in person. So I told a handful of people in person. I told my friends that were in the business. So everybody that I felt needed to know or hear in person, I told. And then I believe I announced it to my team first. So I turned in my letter of resignation. I announced it to my team on our team page. I can't remember if it was just a post or if it was a live video. And then I did do a live video in my client group letting them know because those were the people that had really supported me for the last seven years. They'd been with me, supported every venture, every silly thing that I I tried to do and wanted to do. And the reason why I didn't feel bad leaving my team or my clients is because I knew most of our relationships extended beyond just the product that I was selling and in the business that I was in. I knew all of my top clients, they were my top supporters no matter what. If I wanted to quit and go on a reality TV show, they would have said yes. If I wanted to, they've supported my podcast this whole way. If I wanted to quit and start a boutique, if I wanted to quit and and work at a minimum wage job, like they would have supported me no matter what, because those are the relationships that I built in this business with both my team members and my clients. So that's why I wasn't afraid to leave them. Um, It sucks that they you know, maybe don't have somebody to go to for product and stuff anymore, but they they understood. Like our relationship was deeper than that. So I did a live video. That was the only time I cried. I was very um <laughs> impressed. <laughs> um, and then I made an official post, I think, on my public Facebook. So that's the order of events of me kind of just turning in my resignation and resigning. Um, and then another big thing people have or struggle with is what about my friends? So the friends you've made that are maybe colleagues in business, that you've met at trainings, that you've formed friendship groups with, stuff like that. This is the hardest one for a lot of people because I think a lot of people, this is where they realize their friendships do not extend beyond the business. And this is a place where I'm very, very grateful and very lucky that my core group of friends in this business, our friendship does extend beyond the business. They supported me from the bat. Like they knew, they knew before I even knew. Like when I FaceTimed them all to tell them, they were like, 
okay, it's about time. <laughs> like they knew I was one foot out the door, one foot in, but they support me no matter what. If, like I said, if I wanted to go do something crazy, they would fucking support me. And so I'm very lucky and grateful for the friendships that I have in this business. But that core friend group is basically the only friend group that I have left. There's a, there's a handful of others outside of that. Um, but any of the other like semi-colleagues, somewhat friends that I have, that they just kind of fall off. And you know what? That I was okay with that. But I also don't take a lot of things personally. Um, so this can be a really hard difficult one for for some people but that thankfully was an easy piece for me but again this is where it goes back to just not maybe having expectations of how it's going to go and just doing what you know is right for you so that's what I have I hope that this was helpful this is really the episode that I wish that I had um when I was leaving and so I wanted to just make this for you guys so I love all of you who took the time to listen to this. Um, Please reach out if you're in a position like I was and you don't know how to go about it. I am happy to talk to you or help you. And yeah, I love you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for just even supporting the podcast. Some of you guys like support this podcast and you were never even a client of mine in my direct sales business. You know me from direct sales. And so thank you if you sat through this whole thing too. I love you so much. Um, Yeah. Okay. I love you so much. We're just going to end it there. I just love you guys. <sighs> and it's going to be amazing. And I'm hoping to do a few more episodes that are just episodes of things that I wish that I had when I needed them. So mwah! let's see how this turns out. <laughs> the first YouTube video ever. All right. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.